Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Welcome back. Today I am talking about H.F.M. Prescott's book, Son of Dust. Now, this book was a new-to-me read. It is not a new book. It was written in the early 1930s, I believe. But I was searching for another book one day, and I came across this book. And just by the description alone, I was so intrigued. And I thought it would be an excellent book for the podcast. It just seemed to check a lot of boxes that I especially look for in a book. So I'm hoping that you also, as the listener, will be intrigued by and want to go out and get your own copy of it because it is well worth a read. Now, this will be part one of a two-part series. And today I will just be introducing the book and giving you a little bit of an introduction to the characters, a very brief background of the author and a pitch of sorts for you to read it yourself. So before I go any further, I want to give a quick summary of the book. Son of Dust is the story of Fulcan Groy. He is the silent, brooding, illegitimate son of a great Norman family. He struggles to reconcile the desires of his flesh with his duty to serve God. When he falls in love with Ald, the noble wife of his family's enemy, Fulcan will stop at nothing to possess her, even if it costs the ruin of the house of Gavoy. Set in the years before the Norman conquest of England, Son of Dust is a sweeping medieval romance, rich with the battle between vice and virtue, and it has a beautiful depiction of the whisper of God's redemptive work in mankind. Hilda Frances Margaret Prescott was the daughter of an Anglican clergyman. She was Oxford-educated and a teacher, and in 1923, she became a full-time writer. She is known for substantive historical romances, and she is most famous for her two-volume novel, The Man on the Donkey, and it's set during the time of Henry VIII and centers around the dissolution of the monasteries. It is a book I'm on the hunt for. I'm just trying to find the right copy at the right price. Now, in the introduction of my edition by Mike Aquilina, he says of Prescott's work, Three things, however, set Prescott's novels apart from the bodice rippers arrayed in the drugstore. One, their historical precision. Two, their spiritual and philosophical depth. And three, their literary artistry. She did not write costume pageants or steamy melodramas. She produced imaginative histories, yet she wrote them with such simplicity and sensuality that the consumers of popular fiction kept her works on the charts. And I just felt like this was a great description of her writing. Please don't be put off by the mention of bodice rippers in that quote. I have not read anything besides this book of Prescott's, but I will have to say that that description perfectly encapsulates her writing from what I have read so far. Because in her books, you really do get this picture of not only the historical accuracy, but also very much the 
earthy side of humanity along with it. So we get a lot of the vices that make up human nature, a lot of the drive to overcome it, though, and not give in to it, but a very realistic picture of succumbing to temptation, continuing to allow God to refine us, that battle of our nature against God's love. And it is done again with that simplicity that was mentioned and that precision also that it makes it unique in that. Now, initially, I loved the book. It's very sparse writing, like that simplicity that was mentioned, but it had themes that reminded me of another favorite book. And if you've listened to the podcast, I'm sure you've already figured out which book that is, because this is set in a medieval era, a favorite time period of mine in literature, a recent favorite time period. And this is especially true after rereading Kristen Lovren's Daughter, the other favorite book of mine that it reminds me of. But somewhere near the middle of the novel, I was afraid that I had made a grave misstep and that I had misjudged this book and that it wouldn't be as strong a novel as I originally thought. But thankfully, I was so wrong. It finishes very strong. I really loved this novel and I was surprised how much I enjoyed it. I'm really having a hard time moving on after finishing it. If you have listened to the last podcast when I talked with Julia Seymour about how it's sometimes hard to let go of a book after you finish it and kind of our both of our reactions, our, our visceral reactions to finishing a book where she might cry, I will hold a book to my heart. And I didn't hold this book to my heart, but I am not able to really move on to the other books that I'm really needing to read right now because I'm still in this world that HFM Prescott created. There is just a lot that I still want to just to discuss and meditate on after I finished it. And I'm just dying to chat about it with someone. But this was a solo read, so I'm afraid I will have to subject you to all of these ruminations that I am carrying around after finishing this book. I want to give a brief introduction to the characters in this episode. I know I've been doing a lot of this lately, but especially for this novel, it's incredibly important because this novel covers one family's history, the Garoys. There are a lot of similarities in the names, and it can be very confusing. At the front of my copy, there is a genealogical table, which is very helpful. I referenced it many times, and I still got a little confused. So I'm going to give a brief introduction to the main characters of the novel. So there are many other characters throughout the novel, but these are some of the main focus. And I'm sure I have left characters out that I will have to reference in the next episode. So hopefully... I didn't, but there is still the possibility. So I may have another character to introduce you to next time. The first character and the main character of the book is Fulcan Garoy, and he is the illegitimate son of Fulcan Garoy, who his father doesn't feature in the novel. They have the same name, but he is just mentioned in passing. Now, the Fulcan Garoy, the son, he is a brooding, quiet, mysterious man. And he is fighting between the desires of his flesh at the beginning of the novel and his duty to God. He is brave, but impulsive. He is not always the best at looking out for someone else. He is a bit self-focused. And because of this, his actions have grave repercussions for the rest of his family. 
I would not say that Fulcan Garoy is a romantic hero, but he is a very interesting character for me. And I really want to flesh out my thoughts on him and discuss them a little bit more next time because I really admire the portrayal that Prescott did of him. He's not a character I would want to emulate, but he is a very interesting character. There's a lot to him that deserves time spent in parsing out his personality. Next, we have Alv, and she is a brave, forthright wife of a nobleman. Her marriage is unhappy. She is physically repulsed by her husband, but she's still dutiful. But she rejects his advances, and she goes so far as to encourage him to seek other women's attention. So her husband is not faithful to her. And she encourages that because she is just physically repulsed by him. She does not want to have that sexual relationship with her husband. So she's just happy as she can be for him to go and find other women, have other mistresses. In spite of this, she is a woman of honor and devotion to God. She is referred to throughout the book as simple. And this is not said in a derogatory way. It's just part of her character. There's this kind of strange mixture of childlike innocence and shrewdness. And I'm still trying to figure out the best way to describe that. She has a very strong sense of what is right and what is wrong in the world. And she's not going to go beyond her perceived sense of goodness or of virtue. So she does succumb to adultery. And I, so I don't want to give anything away for next time. But she abides by this very strange code of virtue and goodness. And it is going to seem very contradictory for some of the actions that she takes part in later in the novel. But in her mind, she is still being honorable and still following God, although she gets into some very serious violations of virtuous living. Next, we have Garoy Garoy. I assume that that is his name. He is referred to as Garoy. He's Vulcan's brother. He is calculating and cruel and selfish. He is not a character that you will like. Now, there is a hatred between the brothers. It is like a biblical hatred between brothers. And it would seem as if in parts of the novel that he would be perfectly happy to take his brother's life, although he would help defend him for the family honor when he's called to. So it's this very strange relationship, and he is just not a likable character. And he does some horrible things throughout the novel. So I don't think I could paint a bad enough picture of him, as you will see if you read the novel. Next, we have Robert of Seine Cinerie. He is the uncle of Fulcan and Garoy. His wife's name is Alice, and he has a son named Robert. He is a jovial character. He has moments of magnanimity. He is fiercely loyal to his family, even when he disagrees with them. He's a man of high honor. He is a favorite character of mine, largely because of his lack of deceit and his unwavering loyalty. There are not a lot of characters you want to emulate in this story, and Robert seems to be one of the only ones who has some semblance of not being completely self-focused and in it for himself. He has a little bit more of an ability, along with Ald, to think of other people. It is Robert's idea to swear loyalty to Guillaume of Normandy, 
or William the Conqueror, and he persuades Vulcan to do the same. This brings Vulcan into the life of all. And this is what brings him together when he goes to the Duke of Normandy to swear fealty. Next, we have Custance, and she is a surf girl who lives and works on the Garoy estate. Vulcan is in love with her. She is at the beginning of the novel. She's throughout the novel, but in the first chapters, Vulcan plans to force himself on her. He is lusting after her. She's supposed to be very, very beautiful. But Garoy assaults her first, and she becomes his mistress. She is very beautiful. She is very wild and untamed in her manner. And she has a very tragic storyline. She's a very interesting character, but she is much more vulgar and a contrast to the more refined nature of all. Lastly, we have Guillaume, Duke of Normandy. He is William the Conqueror. I'll just refer to him as that because of my pronunciation. It's not finest. And he is a ruthless but just ruler. The Groys become his enemy due to Fulcan and Ald's infidelity, and it has catastrophic results for the Garoy family. So that is my brief introduction to the characters. I want to talk briefly about what to expect next time. In my next episode, I want to go a little bit more in depth with a couple of themes in the novel and a little bit more about the characters and what drives them and just the value of the depiction of human nature in Prescott's writing and how this type of writing directs us to the heart of God. I love Shakespeare. I've done an episode on a wonderful book of Shakespeare for children a few years ago. And one of the things I love about Shakespeare and I value so much about it is its depiction of human nature. And I love when writers do that because they show us our great need for God. So I want to dig into that, and I also want to dig into the devastating work of sin and its far-reaching consequences. It's never sin in a vacuum. It doesn't just harm us, and it can have such devastating effects on other people. So I want to dig into those things and also talk a little bit about how desire and devotion are at odds and warring with each other throughout the novel, and the beauty of obedience. So next time I will dig into all of these or some of these, hopefully all of them, I'll share a favorite quote or two and see what we can glean from this story to speak to our modern world. But before I go, I want to suggest a similar read to you. I hope if you have not already, you will read it too. I've already shared a little bit about this in the introduction, and I'll share about it again next time. But this book reminded me of Kristen Lovren's daughter. I am always looking for books that are similar to it. Prescott doesn't go into the depths that Sigrid Unset does in the sense that we still get wonderful historical details. But when I read Sigrid Unset, I am immersed in the medieval world. The sights, the sounds, the smells, everything. I still am in this novel, but not to the extent of Kristen Lovren's daughter. So if you want something that is a little less of a time commitment, but that still dives into human nature, our frailty, and God's redemptive work in spite of us, Son of Dust will be a wonderful book for you. Well, that's all for this week. 
I'll be back in two weeks with a new episode. In the meantime, I love to hear from you. So if you have a book suggestion, if you just want to have a little bookish conversation, you can email me at beth at a wellreadlife.com. I also have a website that's still in the works. You can also find me there. It's a wellreadlife.com. And I'm also on Instagram at wellreadbeth. Enjoy your week. Until next time. Thank you.